Welcome to Let Go Lean In, a podcast of resources for your journey of transformation. What kind of transformation? The wholehearted kind, personal, professional, and spiritual. Each week, you'll hear different transforming practices to help you on your journey of becoming more fully you. We'll hear from others about their own journeys, learning to let go of habits and patterns that no longer serve them, and how they're practicing leaning forward to the wise woman God has designed. I'll occasionally include a book recommendation because, well, that's part of how I'm wired. I love ideas and encouraging others to learn and grow. Thanks for being here. Well, Happy New Year. I hope yours has started well. I am excited because today is a sunny day after a lot of rain in California, which we need. I'm not complaining about that, but the downpour and having a break in the rain because we're getting more, which is good. Again, just going to say it's good, but it can also be challenging. The drying out that's happening today is much needed. There are parts of this state where, unfortunately, people have lost their lives because of the flooding. It's it's crazy time. I know there's terrible snowstorms and and possible tornadoes and all kinds of weather events at the beginning of this year. And yet, at the same time, there is much to be grateful for. So this is the important word of the year. And both things can be true. It's hard and there's good. But that's not what I'm here to talk with you about today. As a matter of fact, I want to talk with you about learning to see your blind spots. In fact, I titled this episode, Eyes to See Blind Spots with the Enneagram. It's interesting because we all have blind spots, things that we don't recognize we do or ways that we react, or you can frame it a lot of different ways. But the fascinating thing about learning yourself through the typology of the Enneagram is that you can develop new strategies once you become aware of your regular strategies. And we call them blind spots for the very reason that we're not aware of what we do. So interestingly enough, the idea of blind spots comes from a management strategy that we each develop when in childhood, when we're looking around and seeing how the world is working, we individually develop a strategy of how to move forward, how to get our needs met, how to be seen. And each different Enneagram starting point or type has a common strategy. It's unique within each person, the way that it shows up, but there are commonalities 
in each type. And so today I just want to briefly touch on them and then give you an invitation for homework at the end. So let's go 30,000 feet up in the air and look down at the Enneagram model, remembering that there are groups of three. They're referred to as triads. So in the nine types, there are three triads and they're based on the centers of intelligence. It's like a vocabulary test right now. Centers of intelligence are our heart, our mind, and our body. And the Enneagram has three types in each of those centers of intelligence. So let's start with our heart. In the heart triad, there are the twos, the threes, and the fours. They are motivated by seeing the needs around them. It's like a superpower for the heart triad. But it also is the dark side. So a strength can also be a weakness, right? That's true no matter what we're talking about. So for the heart triad, the strength of seeing the needs around them can also be not being aware of their own needs. And that's their blind spot. And it shows up differently for each type. So like, for example, the twos, they give to get. So their blind spot is their own needs. They are super good at reading the room and seeing that person needs a drink of water. And that person looks like they are feeling awkward in the conversation that they're in. And I'm going to go over there and kind of like introduce myself and break up that tension. Twos are great at seeing what other people need. They also want people to see their needs and return the favor of giving them attention, but they are so busy giving to other people that they don't communicate or sometimes are even aware of their own needs. That's their blind spot. Threes, again, can come into a room and read the room and find the power structures and are there to network and achieve and look good doing it. And threes can absolutely be removed from their own needs. They achieve to be appreciated, but ironically, because they're so busy achieving, they don't take time to pay attention to the appreciation that comes their way. And so their blind spot is the fact that they have a need to be appreciated for who they are and not what they do. So the difference, that's what they're blind to. They really want to be appreciated just because they are here. Like all of us, that's what grace is about, right? Just because you're you, not for what you do. But the blind spot for a three is their strategy for survival is achieve to be appreciated. So what about the fours? Their superpower is empathy. They 
can feel all the feelings of all the world, and that is weighty and can be very heavy. And they want to be known for their own deep feelings as well. But most of the time, they withdraw and don't express that need. So they have their heart open and feeling, and yet their blind spot is seeing that just as they are, they can be loved. Again, the conflict for the heart types is all around feelings. There's some irony in this. And we look to the head types. As we go around the Enneagram model, the heart is two, three, four. The head is five, six, seven, or the thinking types. Now there's irony for the heart types that their feelings are where their blind spots are. You're going to uh, see a pattern here because in five, six, and seven, in the thinking triad, their blind spot is around fear and thoughts. So let's hear about the fives. They have a superpower of knowledge. If you imagine a wise owl, that's a great symbol for a five. They need understanding. They gain lots of knowledge. But regarding their thinking, they are very guarded about it. They withdraw from people because they have a mindset around their energy. They think they cannot engage. They will not have enough energy. And they are the one type on the Enneagram. A nine is another one, but not to the degree that a five is. They have a fixed amount of energy every day. It's like a battery. They are not the energizer bunny. They are the opposite. Their battery has a fixed amount of space. And when they feel it getting close, they withdraw. They, they are very conservative about their energy. And they think about emotions as a drain on their energy. So they don't engage with emotions and with people to conserve their energy. They, it's not that they're antisocial, but they are, fives are definitely guarded about how much energy they have for any given situation. So their blind spot is that there is value in relationship that they can benefit from, but their fear of not having enough energy is their blind spot, so they withdraw. Now, a six has fear for sure, and they are the ones that are so good at pointing out all the strategies of what will go wrong, potentially. They would play the worst case scenario game and win because they anticipate all the things that can fail. We love sixes to be civil engineers, to design bridges and uh, multi-story buildings and all those kinds of things. They're going to point out, oh, we need to fix this. This could go wrong. 
Six's blind spot is being able to recognize that things could go wrong, but learn to trust their intuition and not to stay in their fear. So their thinking and problem solving is a strength, but it's also their weakness because the fear gets magnified and they freeze and don't take action. They have difficulty in making decisions because of that. Sevens, of which I am one, so I'm a professional in this, have a tendency to reframe everything and make it look positive. Well, that could happen. This is a possibility. Oh, don't worry about that. That's going to be different tomorrow. A seven has a blind spot about reality because reality can be painful. And sevens fear feeling pain, not just physical pain, but emotional pain, especially. And so sevens tend to bounce away from it. They will reframe the problems that they see around them and make it sound better than it actually is. So their blind spot is reality because they want things to be joyful and happy and fun. Now the last triad is the body triad or the gut triad. And that's where the eights, nines, and ones are found. So their blind spots all regard action. And their, their biggest um, reactivity is in anger. So eights feel that uh, feelings themselves, emotions, are a weakness. And they're very action and success oriented. So feelings are not something they have time for, nor do they care about them at all. So they have a blind spot regarding expressing emotion, being vulnerable. That's just, don't have time for that. Get out of my way. We're getting stuff done. Nines have a propensity of going along with others to get along. Remember, they're the peacekeepers. So their blind spot is to their own opinions. Because remember, they're going along with others to keep the peace. And yet they know what they want. Their concern is expressing it because it might disrupt the environment. And so they hold it in and withdraw from others and don't express what they would really like to do. And then they get angry because they want people to invite them. They want people to pay attention, but that disrupts peace. And so their blind spot is really their, their own needs and opinions. And last going around is the type one who, God bless them, they have an inner critic voice that's at level 10 out of 10, always driving them forward toward excellence and doing the right thing and doing, 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 but always doing it as close to perfect 
as possible. Their expectation is other people will do the same thing. And they get angry when people aren't doing the right thing. They have a high justice need. Their blind spot, though, is to how driven they are by that inner critic. It's always talking to them. Doesn't everybody have that same voice in their head? Doesn't everybody feel the need to do things with excellence and be driven toward perfection? No. But the ones are blind to that as their inner motivator. So we all have blind spots and they are all strategies we have developed years ago. And the question is, are those strategies still serving you? You probably identified yourself somewhere along the range. As we look at the typology, you may already be aware of your blind spots, but that's my invitation to you is to consider your blind spot and how to learn to work with it. There are lots of beautiful, spacious strategies that you can develop so that you can acknowledge your blind spot, but then make an effort to practice another way to minimize the blind spot being the driver. Now, the most ideal way to do something like this is in a confident, confidential, vulnerable community. And that's what those coaching groups through the Enneagram can be like. We learn ourselves, we listen to how other people see and move through the world. We practice a new set of skills together and independently and share what that process has been like and continue to lean in to how God has wired us, trusting that we can learn and grow to be the person, the wholehearted person that God has made us to be. So I hope you will consider your blind spot in this coming week. Just pay attention and see where you show up with your blind spot and where you show up wholeheartedly already. Take note of that and consider being a part of a group that can talk about these things and process the Enneagram and personal growth and development together. Thanks for being here today. What would it be like for you to be able to develop new strategies around dealing with blind spots, things that keep getting in your way of living the wholehearted life you want to? What would that be like? Well, you have a chance to find out. I'm inviting up to eight women to join me in a coaching group using the Enneagram, not learning about the Enneagram, except within the context of your own life and the lives of others. 
it's not the vocabulary, it's not what a core type is or what the wings are and things like that. Nope. This is learning to work with the Enneagram as a model of growth and relational health. That's what this will be about. And I would love to have you join me. We will be meeting later in January and we'll meet twice a month for three months. And each of the groups will have the opportunity for you to, in real time, talk about an area of life that you would like to grow and improve in and how the Enneagram can be a useful model for growth and development. And it's not just emotional growth and development or developing skills that can help you in your work or in other relationships. It's also a growth tool for your spiritual life. So that's what this opportunity will be like. And I would love for you to consider joining. All you need to do is go to this podcast website, letgoleaninpodcast.com, and you'll find the word groups on the homepage. You can click there and it will take you to a link that gives you more information than I want to take the time to tell you about right here. Same thing happens on my coaching website, lisalewiscoaching.com. You can see the word groups, click on that, and it will give you all the information necessary and the invitation to sign up. Would love to have you be a part of this and be able to celebrate your growth and movement toward being a wholehearted woman as God has designed you to be. Thanks for being here.